You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest is Ben Brown, VP of Marketing at Converse Now. Ben, it is great to have you on the show. Uh, Jeremy, thank you very much for having me on. Appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. So tell us about a memorable marketing moment from your career. Of course. I think that maybe I might want to start by sharing what Converse Now does, perhaps, just giving the audience, you know, a sense of where we're all coming from. So Converse Now is an artificial intelligence company. We provide voice AI for large restaurant chains. And what our technology does is it automates the order taking process for phone and drive through. So just to paint a picture in people's heads, if you were to call a Domino's pizza in many stores across the country, you would speak with a virtual assistant instead of speaking to an actual person who works at the store. The immediate reaction are those horrible automated phone systems that we have all you know, weathered through. Thankfully, the technology is now in a place that is very far ahead of what, what you're used to there. So it, it just creates a great experience for the guests, of course, and then for restaurants to make the most of their store amidst this labor shortage. So I, that's, that's just to give you some background about what sure. Converse Now does. My role, I oversee all marketing um, for the brand. We just passed our 100th employee, I believe. So I manage a team that oversees content, brand strategy, PR, and growth, all things digital, and really anything that involves, that involves engagement. And of course, engaging our tribe within both the restaurant and tech communities. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Very, sounds like a really cool technology. And so, so, so tell us, so, so back to my initial question, tell us about a, a memorable marketing moment, either from your time at Converse Now or from, from any point in your career. Yeah. So great way to kick things off. My goodness. I, I think that I just have to start with a very recent memory with Converse Now. I was Converse Now's first marketing hire back in September after the company raised its Series A. And just to backtrack a bit for some more context for our audience, I had a, a technology company of my own prior to joining Converse Now that was also in the restaurant space. And then before that, led marketing at a few startups and spent time in the corporate world with Princess Cruises and MGM Resorts. But really all of that corporate and startup training allowed me to enjoy the amazing experience that is Converse Now. And if I was to think of a great marketing moment, I would put that at April 27th of this year. And that was the date where we launched our new branding. Prior to me joining, um, you know, the the company had hired a, you know, just a, a marketing consultant just to slap a label on and the the logo and the website were definitely fine right they were exactly what the company needed for where it was at the time but post series a where the company is you know experiencing meteoric growth they needed a brand that could scale with the company and i was tasked with that project we brought on an agency to work with us shameless plug for idea grove based in dallas they did excellent work but it was it was a lengthy process where there was so much work that went into the strategy behind our logo and our color scheme and the layout of our website and how that would ultimately one educate you know prospects about 
our business and what we do, and then two, empower them to work with us, and then three, be able to showcase us in a positive light. And about six months of work culminated in this launch in late April, and we could not be happier with it. And it just showed me that, you know, that just looking at it now, I it's hard for me to even think back to how our old branding existed, just mm -hmm. all the projects that we're working on, uh, just seeing how, just how upgraded everything is. And it's just, you know, the marketing is all about packaging, right? And in a sense, right, some of my job is to make things look pretty. And, <laughs> but what mm -hmm. that does is it garners a level of trust and you need to be able to trust the brand. No matter how good the product is, it has to be presented in a way that garners trust. And I felt like this recent project has really allowed us to do that with our product, especially because our category is so new and that level of trust is everything in the early adopters that we're working with. Okay, very cool. Thanks for sharing that. So now before you were describing your technology and it's a pretty new sort of cutting edge technology, if I'm not mistaken. And so I know that one of your challenges as the head of marketing is that you're introducing like a new category of technology, a new idea to your market. So what's challenging about that from your, from your standpoint? Well, <laughs> quite a bit to, to answer it as, as briefly as possible, but to expand. <laughs> Category education is one of the hardest things in not just the marketing world, but I would say the business world, right? Where as, as, as business evolves, as technology evolves, and as consumer demands evolve, new categories get introduced to the market. I mean, you think about, you know, what seems like forever ago, online search wasn't a thing. And there were a couple of small players and then Google eventually owned online search by creating just the best functionality that allowed people to get exactly what they wanted. Cloud-based software was not necessarily a thing. And then Salesforce came along and completely reinvented the way that CRM existed. Countless other examples, but you go into restaurants and you look at the extremely time-consuming process of taking orders over the phone or staffing a drive through and you have a person who is saying the same thing minute in and minute out for days on end. And that person could be spending that time making food that's going to generate revenue for the restaurant rather than taking orders, which is part of the process, but that's a process that, you know, is, is primed to be automated. So what voice AI is, it's a completely new category for restaurants. Again, a big evolution from those phone systems that would simply never work in a risk in a restaurant setting. Yeah. And it gives guests a way of having a true one-on-one -on -one personalized conversation with an agent that understands them and gives them the time they deserve rather than someone who, you know, is rushed with a line out the door and they just need to get off the phone. So it just enhances that experience. It of course redeploys the labor to make sure that the restaurant can operate as efficiently as possible, but I'm not here to sell you on the product. It's about the, the way that we are growing that category. So the, the first way that the first technique that we're using is defining the problem. So it's about having people understand, okay, what am I missing out on by not having this technology in my restaurant? So 
a way to portray that is just the amount of lost sales, right? If you were a restaurant operator and you weren't and 50% of your phone calls were being missed because people were too busy to answer them or 30% of potential customers passed on your drive-through line because it was too long right? How many sales does that equate to? And how much annual revenue does that add up to that you're missing out on? So when you start painting that realistic picture, it gives people like a visual idea of what the cost is for not working with a technology like this. And then from there, the next questions to answer are, how is this work? How does this work? And how am I going to pay for it? So being able to portray that in a very simple way, the, how am I going to pay for it? We don't have any startup costs. So that's an easy one to answer, but how does it work? This completely new technology, especially for an audience that isn't necessarily a, an extremely tech savvy audience, you know, a mm -hmm. lot of restaurant operators, they definitely know tech, you know, all of them have a POS or point of sale system that's tech based, but they don't want to do any hard coding or anything like that. So it, it's a way of being able to portray this process and give them a visualization of how it's all going to work in a way that's really easy to digest using language. that's much easier to understand, avoiding jargon and just making things towing the line between making it extremely approachable, but at the same time, sophisticated to show that this is an elevated feature of your restaurant and that you know, this is going to, this is going to propel you into the future. So it's being able to toe that line. That's been really important. Okay. Right. Okay. A lot, a lot of good stuff. There are a lot to unpack. Now you just mentioned that one of the challenges here is that this is all about voice. So it's not like a thing you can see really. It's, you know, it's not like a visual technology exactly. So how exactly do you help people sort of visualize both what it does and the value it's going to bring? Like, do you create infographics and stuff like that? Like literally, how do you help people see it? Yeah, that is a great question. And help having people visualize a non-visual product is one of the biggest challenges that we had in developing this branding that I was alluding to earlier. And what, because if you were to take a camera into a restaurant, you're not going to be able to film voice AI because there's nothing to see. You're just showing people doing what they're already doing. They're at the drive through ordering from the speaker post or they're at home on the phone. So what we wanted to do is give a visual identity to, to this process. And what we've done is we've created a customized illustration style for converse. Now we have a female virtual assistant as well as a male virtual assistant. They take different names depending on, on the restaurant at Domino's is Becky. Um, and her male counterpart is George at Blake's Lauterberger. The female assistant is Maggie because the, the, the lead of Blake's Lauterberger, his daughter's name is Maggie. So it, it just, it, it takes a different form. We can customize voice profiles. We have a lot of stuff coming down the pipe there, but it's about allowing people to see, just give some kind of, of visual cue to what the voice AI looks like and what a virtual assistant actually is. So we, we have a number of animations in the works about how this, this virtual assistant will be taking orders. And we have a couple of videos coming out. That's a huge priority for us to, to show the process in, in detail, but we have another 
branded element that we have is our our sound waves. So being able to show to, to, to show these conversations and bring them to life, being able to bring them to life and add an additional dimension to that. Furthermore, just being able to showcase, you know, what it's, what it's like in the restaurant. In one corner, we have a really frustrated female guest who's trying to call, but she's on hold. And, you know, this is her favorite restaurant. It's a Friday night and she's trying to order, you know, pizza for, for family game night. And she's gotten a busy signal last three times she's called. And this happens week in and week out. We've got, you know, a drive through line that's being held up and people are just, you know, sick of waiting in a line of cars wrapped around the block. And then of course, you've got this run restaurant team member at the bottom who's completely overwhelmed. The phone's ringing off the hook. He's got orders coming in from behind him and he's got an angry customer who's trying to place an order. So just being able to show all of these simultaneous problems that are happening followed by, you know, the solutions, right? Where we're now looking at a new image where everything is happy because voice AI is in place. You've got, you know, guests who have the phone answered immediately and she's placing her, her order. Um, you've got a car going through and placing their order quite easily at the drive-through. And then you've got your team member who is so much happier because orders are coming in his, his POS system isn't backlogged. His phone isn't ringing off the hook because he never has to answer it. And just showing how the situation, there's just the stark contrast between what the chaotic restaurant scene is like now and what it could potentially be like with the assistance of mm -hmm. voice AI. That, that's really cool. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for sharing all that. So I have a couple questions. So first of all, does every customer get to choose the name of the, the AI? When To clarify, when saying customers, that's the restaurants that we work with. Yeah. Our customers do get to change, get to um, and they can... name their, their AI, whatever they would like to. As okay. Long as that's kind of yeah, appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's kind of fun. And then the way the AI works, do, does is that name just internal or does the AI identify itself like when it's actually being used? If I pull up to the drive through, it's, does it say, hi, I'm Amy. Can I take your order like just to sound uh, like a real person? It absolutely does. And as far as the person on the other end of the phone knows, they're just talking to a person. So they that's a really good question that you bring up or a really good note. The virtual assistant always introduces themselves as a virtual assistant. Okay. What we have found is that people like having as human of a conversation as they, as they can, but they yeah. want to know whether or not they're speaking with a real person or a virtual assistant. They don't want to feel like they're being duped. Yeah. Right. I guess yeah. it would be a little, it could, it could feel a little creepy if afterwards you're like oh wait yeah. a minute that was a robot yeah, exactly. like oh so, ew, wow so the, that's weird okay yeah so the virtual assistant always in hi i'm becky i'm your virtual ordering assistant how may i help you today however not everyone tunes in at that time so some of them still forget they're speaking to a virtual assistant we've had uh -huh. so many guests come into the store for a pickup order or what have you saying hey who's that new person you hired they were so funny <laughs> where's amy i want to talk to amy yeah. Right. So we have to tell them that no, in fact, George is, he, he's, he's, he's virtual. You were speaking with an automated, you know, system and, 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 and you can, and can customers choose like a range, like, can they modify the voice? So it like sounds obviously male, female, but within that, can you make it, I don't know, sound like a, 
like a guy from Texas or like a really deep bass voice or something. Like if you wanted to, I don't know why you would. We have a number of different voice profiles that people can use. And what, what we are working on right now is having live team members from each of those brands and putting them in recording their calls so that that voice, like a, a restaurant can choose who they want to be the voice of their company. Right. Oh, and okay. We can have that person's voice go in and serve as the okay. voice profile for a number of calls. There's a lot of other fun things coming down the pipe as well. Okay. Okay. That's okay. I'm, my, my wheels are kind of spinning, but anyway, all right. I, that, that's, that's fun. So what have you, what have you found works best so far in terms of introducing, uh, you know, educating the market, about a new concept. And when I say I'm thinking about, you know, a particular channel or a particular type of content or anything like, or even a particular strategy, what have you found works best so far? And like, how do you measure the success of that? Yeah, great question. So our overall strategic approach is being able to identify terms and topics that people are already searching for because vo people just simply aren't as aware of voice AI. So have them have them engage in the natural habits. What are um, decision makers in large restaurant brands as well as franchisees within those brands? Some very common things that people are searching for are labor shortage, automate my drive-through, you know, supply chain problems, just all the things that are going on and making big headlines right now. So what we're doing is we're creating content around those topics. Right now, blog is a big channel for us. So we're creating content around those topics, but we're lacing in keywords that we are ultimately owning, such as voice AI, you know, voice mm -hmm. AI for restaurants, virtual ordering assistant, things like that. So we're bringing people in on grounds that they are naturally surfing, searching for. We're giving them relevant content to talk all about, you know, ways to overcome the labor shortage and ways to, you know, battle inflation by reducing your food costs, things like that. But we're also giving them little tidbits about how voice AI is a solution to help with these problems. And what that does is it plants the seed for them to now search for topics that we do own like voice AI. So being able to ease them in to that process, but prioritizing above all else, the audience's content needs. We're always gonna give them content they want and not just try and push a hard sell because as soon as you do that, they go away. So giving them relevant content, blog is, is the low hanging fruit for us. Uh, if you actually search restaurant staffing shortage, I believe that our blog article is like the third overall Google result behind Business Insider and the LA Times. So we'll definitely take that. And then video is upcoming as a big priority for us as well. We're eager to own thought leadership in this category. We're happy to be the market leader in voice AI for restaurants. We're live in more than a thousand stores across 40 states and being able to leverage this amazing knowledge that we have about Base, you know, pioneering this new technology and being that resource that people go to for all things surrounding it. So just continued content, both written and video are big priorities for us. So measuring ROI, we look at it in three parts. The, the first is engagement. We just want to make sure that people are, you know, 
engaging with our content in the way that we hope that they will. So we're looking at, you know, time spent per blog post. you know, are people reading these articles or is it just a bounce rate? We're look, you know, as we develop video, you know, just time spent per video. And we're also looking at content engagement per audience member. So is someone not just finding an article from a Google search, but are they then looking at other articles that we have in our library? From engagement, it goes to click through. So as just noted, are they engaging with more content? Are they clicking through different pieces in our library? Are they clicking through emails that are promoting these content pieces? And then ultimately lead generation. So how many of these audience members are converting into sales qualified leads that we can pass along to our sales team? Right kind of the ultimate metric right there. Exactly. And yeah. we're, we're very happy that it's working. We've seen some good numbers so far. I mean, the, the company is just growing so quickly. We are, we are onboarding just an incredible number of new brands that are some of the most prominent restaurant chains in the country. And we couldn't be happier to be working with them. So it, it's just a really exciting time for us and just being able to scale this content and this type of engagement in the way that we need to. Okay. Well, congratulations on all that. It's, it's really, really cool. And, you know, as somebody who who goes through drive the drive through sometimes I appreciate it because we've all had that experience of like the crackly voice coming through or just, it's you're not sure what the hell is going on. The, the <laughs> thing doesn't work. So, and I'm sure the workers at the restaurants do appreciate it. That's, okay. that's, that's gotta be a tough job. It, it's more than you know, you have, you have a restaurant that takes six or seven people to staff it. And there's two people working there. I mean, all of a sudden yeah. you have, you know, this virtual assistant that saves what 40 hours of work a month or so. And yeah. that's work that these people don't have to do. Their quality of life is going up tremendously to the point where a lot of our restaurant partners have reported higher retention rates, as well as recruiting where some franchisees have told us that team members from other stores are leaving to then join the franchisees that have voice AI because they, mm. they know that their job is going to be less demanding with voice AI. Wow. You got to get that testimonial right there. Oh, we have video. You got, you got to get that on video. Okay. <laughs> well, good. Of course you do. Of course you do. Well, Ben, thank you so much for your time for sharing all about Converse Now and about your experience. Really interesting. And I really enjoyed it. Cool. Likewise, it's been a pleasure speaking, Jeremy. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-Versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.